2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to begin reading with verse number 7. The Apostle Paul, speaking here, writing to the church at Corinth, says, And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. 2019 terminology for that is, so I don't get a big head. For this thing, this this thorn that Paul is talking about, he says, I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Pardon the interruption. I forgot. Brother Benner has set some blueprints out in the back. If you'd like to look at those after service, I'm assuming he'll be able to be there with you in case you have trouble reading them he can explain them to you for this thing this thorn i besought the lord thrice that it might depart from me and that word besought basically means begged i begged the lord three times that it might depart from me and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Somebody say, in weakness. Now watch this. Verse number 8, Paul says, I begged God to take this from me. And now in verse 9, he says, Most gladly, therefore... Will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me? He goes from begging God to take it away to now celebrating that he has it. Therefore, oops. Most gladly, therefore, will I rejoice in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure. Listen to what Paul takes pleasure in. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak... When I am weak, then I am strong. The Amplified Bible says it this way. But he said to me, my grace, my favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. Sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and my power are made perfect. They are fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses 
and infirmities, that the strength and power of Christ the Messiah may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. So for the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and take pleasure in infirmities, insults, hardships, persecution, perplexities, and distresses. For when I am weak in human strength, then am I truly strong, able, powerful, in divine strength. And then quickly the message Bible says, Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride. And with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject, the paradox of Christianity. The paradox of Christianity. God, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence tonight. Thank you for coming together with people of like precious faith. Thank you for your spirit that's already moved and worked in this place tonight. You've already ministered to hearts and lives, and I thank you for that. God, I pray now that you would minister through your word. That your spirit would speak to us tonight. That we would hear... Not a sermon, but a word from you. I pray, God, that our hearts would be good ground for the seed of your word tonight. That we would be able to be profited by it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I trust you tonight. I depend upon you tonight for your anointing, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know most of you know it, but the word paradox, according to Webster's, means this. It is a statement that is seemingly contradictory or opposed to common sense, and yet is perhaps true. A statement that is seemingly contradictory or opposed to common sense, and yet is perhaps true. We strive, naturally speaking, to be strong. And we can say that in the context of just physical strength. When you're young, especially, you want to be strong. You want to get stronger. The goal is to get stronger. But we also, in in a certain context... Getting stronger is not just about physically speaking. It's, it's when we, when we are educated, we go to school and we learn so that we can be stronger in a sense. We are, we are working to develop. We are working to grow. 
the challenge that we have naturally speaking is I, I got to be strong. If, if you have surgery or if you are sick, you are trying to recover to the point of being strong enough to go back to work. But the apostle Paul learned a lesson that he passed on to us. That when it comes to our walk with God and our relationship with God, it works all, it works, it works completely different than that. Because in our walk with God, it's not about becoming strong. It's not about proving our strength. It is about acknowledging our weakness. I got in hot water this morning. I knew in advance I was going to get in hot water. I got a text a few minutes after 10 in Baltimore to let me know I was in hot water. My grandmother had hip replacement surgery at the end of July. And so for almost six weeks or about six weeks, she has not been in church. And she came to church this morning. And I was not here. That's the side note. She hasn't been here for that amount of time because she was trying to get strong enough to go back out. She was resting and doing physical therapy and working on developing her strength to get strong enough to try to resume normal activity. But Paul says, it's not when I get strong that God decides to start working. But it is in my weakness when God decides to prove his strength. He goes from begging God to change his circumstances. You know, the Bible talks about vain repetition. That's a kind of prayer. And and really the essence of vain repetition, it's to me, vain repetition is not just simply saying the same thing over and over again. Like, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. You go to pray and hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That, that is, but also vain repetition to me means saying, not, not necessarily saying the same thing over and over and over, but having no faith, no expectation. You're not really expecting God to do anything. You just sort of feel an obligation. I need to pray, so let me just... And I think for a lot of people, hopefully you're not this way. I confess it's one of my weaknesses amongst many others, but it's one of my weaknesses is, you know, I know we should give thanks for our food. We should bless our food. And nowadays they put all kind of stuff in our food. And some of you take time to only eat the healthy stuff and whatever. And others of us, we just put it on the plate. But I gotta be honest with you, most of the time, we sit down as a family to eat, and this is pretty much what happens. Lord, thank you for this food, bless it, sanctify it, in Jesus' name, amen. That's it. That's it. But this, this wasn't, this wasn't Paul just saying, hey, you know, God, if you don't mind, I, I'd like you to do this. If you can get around to it. You know, God, I got an issue, and I'd kind of like you to help me with it if you don't mind. That's not what that was. It was Paul saying, God, 
I need you to do something. In fact, I kind of think Paul had some, had some red face and some veins popping out of his neck. Because he was like, God, I am desperate for you to take care of this. And three times, three times, he prayed for God to take away the thorn. Three times he besought, he begged God, and he finally got an answer. You see, we always get an answer to our prayer. There is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. Oh, yeah, I got some. No, you don't. God hadn't done it yet. That's the answer. Well, he didn't tell me anything. That's the answer. When my kids were younger, particularly not as much now, but there were times when they were younger, they'd ask a question. They didn't get an answer. They got a look. And the look said, are you kidding? No. I know we can't see God, but sometimes you just need to imagine when he's not saying anything, he's looking at you going. And what he's saying is no. But that's an answer. Paul says, I want you to take this thorn away. God, I am begging you to take this thorn away. And God finally gives him an answer. But the answer is, my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough to get you through this. This this message tonight is is like the showbread in the tabernacle. It's bitter to the taste. But if you'll swallow it, you'll find out there's some sweetness to it. My grace is sufficient. And he goes from begging God. Anybody ever gotten a raise or something? Uh, uh, you got a and you came to church, and man, there was just a little bit of extra pep in your worship that night. Woo! Boss gave me a raise. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Uh huh. Paul said, you know what, you've done such a great job. We're giving you a promotion. We're giving you more money, more benefits. And you were, you were, oh, thank you. Maybe you even went in the bathroom and got in the stall and shut the door. Hey, let's have a little praise break right there. But I got a question. Don't raise your hand. We don't want to know this, really. It's between you and Jesus. But has anybody ever gotten fired? And then come into church on Sunday? God, I just want to thank you for getting me laid off. I want to thank you that I lost my job. Y'all just thought I'm crazy, but that's what Paul said. Paul said, what I've now begged you to do and take out of my life, I'm going to start glorying in it. And the reason is, as the Amplified says, when I do that, your presence is going to rest or it is going to pitch a tent over me. It's going to dwell over me. Guys, come here. I need you to, with two hands, grab this opposite side. Paul says, what I've asked you to take out, and you've told me you're going to leave in, 
I'm now going to glory in that. Because when I glory in that, it now creates a canopy over me of your presence. The very thing many of you are asking God to get rid of is the very thing God has blessed you with as a place to be your canopy to dwell in His presence. So rather than resenting it, you need to start glorying in it. Oh, but I know it's 2019 and all the TV Say everybody should get healed and everybody should be millionaires and everybody should be healthy and everybody should have whatever they want. That's what they say, but that's not what the book says. First of all, the scripture says, I wish you would prosper and be in good health, but I wish you would do that as your soul prospers. One of the greatest curses you and I could ever have is for our health and our, our lives to prosper with a dying soul. So instead of glory, instead of begging to get rid of it, I am now going to rejoice in it. Because when I am weak, when I am weak, then am I strong. And his strength is never manifested in my strength. His strength doesn't show up in my strength. But His strength is manifested in my weakness. In. In my, in my weakness. Any, anybody weak tonight? Anybody weak tonight? Anybody got some weaknesses tonight? What are you doing moping about them for? Why are you so upset about them? God has blessed you with an opportunity for his strength to be manifested in your weakness. The very thing we spend so much time trying to get out of is the very thing God has blessed us with. Maybe one day if you'll, if you'll just get strong enough in your walk with God, if you'll finally truly get over everything in your past and get strong enough, God might finally do something through your life. Isn't that right? I mean, come on, that's how you've been living. If I can ever get strong enough and prove to God, I, I got this, then that'll open all up God's blessings. God's sitting there going, oh, Aaron, oh, come on, man. I put something in your side. It's your discomfort. It's causing discomfort. But I didn't put it there for you to pray it away. I put it there for you to say, God, I am weak. But when I am weak, then am I strong. When I am weak, then you manifest your strength in, in my I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking about sin and just ignoring sin. I'm not. I've said it the last two Thursday nights and I'm going to say it again tonight. 
Faith is never our problem. If if it was, if you know what, if Paul had some of the people that we have today, Paul would have said, well, I prayed three times for God to do this and he didn't do it. You know what they would have said? Paul, you just need to get some more faith. You just don't have enough faith, Paul, because if you had enough faith, God would change it. And they would have messed up God's answer to Paul. Because the greatest blessing for Paul was not to get rid of the discomfort of the thorn. The greatest blessing for Paul was to say, your grace is sufficient and in my weakness, you are strong. Oh, we gotta, we gotta, everybody's supposed to be healed. Everybody's supposed to be healthy. Everybody's supposed to be whole. That's not how it was for Paul. We don't know, we don't know what that thorn was. We don't know what it was. We don't know what it was. I personally believe the reason we don't know what it was is because there was a principle that God wanted us to get. And if we would have known what it was, we would have all gone, well, what Paul's thorn was isn't my thorn, so I don't have a thorn. So rather than giving us the specifics of the what the thorn was, he gave us the principle. And there's probably not a person in this place tonight that doesn't have at least one thorn. And you keep praying and praying and praying, and God keeps answering and answering and answering. Take it away, God. Take it away. Fix it, God. Make it right, God. Heal it. Deliver it. And God's going, my grace, my grace, my grace, my grace. You ever had somebody look at you, know what you were going through, and say, I just don't know how you're doing it. I don't know how you're still hanging in there. You know how? Grace. Grace. Grace being made. Well, I don't feel it. That's grace. Grace isn't about a feeling. Grace isn't about emotion. Grace is about the effectiveness of the power of God operating through me, whether I feel it or not. Listen to what Joel chapter 3 says. The Lord says through the prophet Joel, Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Make up, wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. And let the weak say, Let the weak say, don't let the weak say, I will be. Don't let the weak say, I'm going to be. Let the weak. You are weak. But let the weak say, I am strong. Well, you're just talking about the power of positive thinking. No, I'm talking about the power of the Word of God. And I'm talking about the power of the Spirit of God. I see one thing, you see one thing, but God sees something else. There was a battle to fight, and they're probably looking around. We don't have swords. We don't have. We don't have. Uh, we, we we don't have weapons to go fight this battle. And God says, "Well, take what you have and do something with it." And what would ever happen to some of us if we would quit focusing on what we don't have and just start focusing on what we do have? And God is never concerned about what you don't have. 
God is never bothered by the abilities that you don't have. God is never bothered by the talents that you don't have. In fact, the ones that you do have are usually His biggest obstacle. Because you have a tendency, we have a tendency, to rely on our talents and strengths. And that's why so many times God calls us to do things that are not about our strengths and abilities. And then those he does call and use, I, I, I guess I could work hard enough to learn how to play that thing, but I don't, I can't. And the bottom line is, I'm sorry, but not everybody has the ability. Because there's folks that have tried to learn an instrument and just couldn't do it. So the challenge is for those, whether it's musically or some other way, that God has given you a natural talent or ability and then asks you to use that talent and ability for the sake of His kingdom, you got a real challenge. Because if you're not careful, you can start relying on the talent and the ability rather than recognizing I cannot accomplish anything through my talents and abilities. All I can do is take my talents and abilities and give them back and trust that His anointing will rest upon them and use them for His glory. In. Somebody say in. In my weakness, he is strong. In, in, in. Not in my strength, not in my ability, not in my power, but in my weakness, he is strong. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That all sounds really good, doesn't it? Man, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the... Woo, that's good stuff. Look at the first word of the next verse. But. Glory and the law of the faith. Woo, boy, that's awesome. The light, the knowledge. Woo. But. That means what's about to come is not quite as nice as what was just said. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Any, anybody have any dishes or, or anybody have a china cabinet at home? Anybody? You have a china cabinet? My mother has a china cabinet. Anybody have any shelves at home where you got dishes displayed or anything? I got a question. Anybody have one of these on those shelves? My mother, I, for as long as I can remember, my mother's had a china cabinet. Man, I, I mean, there are some beautiful 
plates, dishes, teacups, glasses. I mean, they are just beautiful. But you know what? They never leave the cabinet. And this is not going to end up there. Why? Because the value is the contents. The value of this container is what's in it. The value of the glasses in my mother's china cabinet is the container. But they're empty. You and I got to decide. Do I want to be something that's beautiful to be put on display, but I'm empty? Or I may be disposable. But I'm never going to get thrown away because there is going to be a continual source that gives me my value. Out of my innermost being, there is a flow. There is a limited amount here. But this earthen vessel has a river of living water. So I may be an earthen vessel, but I've got something inside of me that causes my value to continue. Some of y'all want to be pretty, perfect little Christians. I don't mean pretty, perfect as in almost what I'm, you mean, I mean you want to be pretty and perfect. I mean you just want to be lovely for God to put on display. You know what, God might put you on display, but if he puts you on display, you might want to get a little nervous. Because he may be putting you on display because you've got nothing inside of you to give you value. And you may look good, but I'm just going to stick you on the shelf because I can't really do anything with you. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That's really good, isn't it? Yeah, let's read on. We are troubled on every side. It's kind of nice when the only trouble you got in your life is in front of you. That's great. I'm going to hit you head on. But what do you do? And some of you have been there and some of you are there. And at some point we all will be there again. Paul says we are troubled on every side, every direction. Some of you right now, you got physical problems, you got financial problems, you got issues on the job, you got issues in your home, everywhere you turn. You, I just can't get a break. You know, you're, home's supposed to be a place to go and relax and rest and unwind. And some of you go there and it's trouble there. You go, we are troubled on every side, but we are not distressed. I got trouble on every side, but as we used to sing in the past, I've got a feeling everything is going to be all right. It's coming at me from every direction, but I got a feeling, may not be today, all I might get today is a little bit of grace, but grace is sufficient, and eventually it's all going to be all right. 
because I'm weak. But when I am weak, he is strong. Troubled on every side, but not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. I just can't figure this out. I can't figure out what's going on. I can't. I don't know what the answers are. I'm perplexed, but I'm not giving up. I'm not despairing because he's an on-time God. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. And so I might be perple- I may not know what to do today. I may not know how to get through today, but I'm not in despair because he said I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He said I'll stick closer to you than a than a brother sticks. That's why I am perplexed. I'm not in despair. Go to doctor after doctor after doctor and say, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what's wrong. I don't, I don't know what the problem is. Paul says, I've got a treasure in an earthen vessel. That doesn't mean I'm not going to get frustrated. It doesn't mean I'm not going to get a little bit weary. But I am not going to despair because God is going to come through. Because I know I'm weak. And he said, if I am weak, he is strong. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Persecute. I got people turning against me, but God has not forsaken me. Job, Job put it this way. Job said, I looked for him in front of me, and I couldn't find him. He said, I went behind me, and he wasn't there. He said, I looked on the left hand where he was working. I know I'm the only one, but I've been in some church services before where I've looked around, and I'm going, God, you are obviously working. That person's getting something. He's ministering to them. They're getting a blessing. They're getting a miracle. Okay, God, you're working. And I get nothing. He said, I went where you were working and I still didn't get anything. He said, I looked on the right hand and I couldn't find you. But then he says this. He knows the way. That I take. I don't know where he is. I can't find him. I can't feel him. I can't hear him. I don't know where he is. But one thing I do know is he knows where I am. And when he's done with what he's doing, he's going to show up. And everything's going to be alright. Because I might be persecuted. But I am not forsaken. But this next one says we are cast down, but not destroyed. He says we are cast down. But check this out. We are cast down, but not destroyed. 
Do you know what would happen if I took one of those nice little teacups out of my mother's china cabinet? I wouldn't even have to do what I just did. All I would have to do was just go, and it would be in a thousand pieces. So go ahead and make up your mind. You just want to be a pretty little teacup on display for Jesus. I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and stick with the earth and earth and vessels because I'm going to get cast down and you're going to get cast down. And what I want to know is that when I get cast down, it's not over with. The, 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 the prophet said it this way. Rejoice not against me. Oh, my enemy. Because when I fall or when I get cast down, I'm going to get back up again. A righteous man falls. A righteous man gets knocked down. And he might just be an earthen vessel. But there is something inside of the vessel that causes him to get back up again. Because when I am weak, then am I strong. In a couple of months, I'll be 48 years old. I've been going to church for 48 years. Bishop said last night, I think he said, the drug of self-sufficiency, I think. Self-righteousness. I, got a, I had a drug problem, too, when I was a kid. Started, my drug problem started when I was a kid. That's how bad mine was. I started when I was a kid. My mama drugged me to church all the time. I don't know anything about no parents to let kids decide when they are or are not going to church. I don't want to go to church tonight. That's where I was in church. And unlike some of y'all, the way you're blessed, I was usually put on the front row. And my mama was on the organ. I'm saying mama because that's my southern roots coming out. So all my life I've watched, I've watched an odd thing. I have watched people whose lives, I'm talking about saints, whose lives seem to be going pretty good. Not much problems, not much difficulties, pretty good health. And the bottom line is if you are over 21 years old, you got some kind of pain in your body. That's just life. You know what? You watch them. I've watched them. I've watched them. And those people come to church, and here's what they do. Give a little obligatory praise. And then what's crazy is I've watched. At the same time, I've watched some folks that had all hell breaking loose in their life. They were trouble on every side. They were cast down. They were persecuted. They, were, they had all of it going on at once. And I watched them come. But I watched them do something totally different. 
I watched there be a praise. I, I watched there be a dance. I, I watched there be a lifting of hands. I, I watched there be tears, not tears of pity and sympathy, but tears of gratitude and appreciation and thanksgiving for what he's done. I watched that. How is that? It's because somebody has realized I am so weak. I don't have the strength. I've got some thorns. But when I am weak, that is actually when I'm strong. Amplified says it this way. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed, always carrying about in the body the liability I I got too far ahead I didn't mean to get there yet Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego they're standing there before the king who says we'll give you one more chance and if you do not bow I'm going to throw you in the furnace and then he says turn it up seven times hotter to try to give a little more motivation And they stand there and they say, we will not bow. In that moment, all the king sees is three guys. Before the fire, all the king saw was three guys. They didn't bow and they get thrown in to the fire and once they're in the fire once they're in the fire the king goes one two three four I know there was three one two three four Then then he makes sure he's not losing it He says to those around him, did not we throw three in? Yes, sir. Well, I see four. But the fourth is not just another person. There's something about the fourth one that's a little different. Can I tell somebody that's trying to stay out of the fire tonight? You are surely missing it. Because outside of the fire, you might be by yourself. But when you get in the fire, there is some strength. And there is some help. But you got to get in the fire. What do, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do when trouble happens in our lives? What is the, what is the common question that we ask when trouble happens in our lives? That's one. What's another one? Where? Where are you, God? Where are you, God? We get in trouble. We, we ask why or we ask what I do. But, but we also, when we get into trouble, and I don't mean trouble like we disobey. I'm talking about troubles going on around us. One of the common questions is, where 
are you, God? And you know what God is doing? Because the psalmist said, He is a very present help in trouble. The very place that we ask God where He is, when we get into it, is the very place God is. The very place we are working so hard to avoid is the very place God is waiting on us because that's where He manifests Himself the most. He's a help in trouble. Verse 10, the Amplified, always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same, putting to death the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered so that the in, so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our bodies the re, the death is what produces the life we try to live and avoid death but spiritually speaking death is what produces life how is it that Paul is able to say this? Verse 17, I think it is, of chapter 4 here. If you could put that on the screen. Verse 17, he says, For our light affliction. I know a few of you tonight, some of the stuff you're going through. Paul said, not me, don't get mad at me. Paul says, what you're going through is light affliction. Now, if I said that, you might have a right to get mad at me. But the guy that's calling the affliction light is a guy who knew what it meant to be in perils. He knew what it meant to be shipwrecked. He knew what it meant to be imprisoned. He knew what it meant to be beaten. He knew what it meant to be betrayed. And he said, it's all light affliction. Oh, Lord. One of these days I'm going to get to be able to preach fun, enjoyable messages. One day. I don't have any hope that day's coming soon. Because most of us here tonight that are going through any kind of difficulties, we consider, boy, we are under a heavy load. Oh, I got so much I'm doing. And Paul says, uh, excuse me, it's light. But why does he say that? Because it is producing a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The affliction is producing something of great value and significance. And in comparison to what it's producing, it is light. And here's the real key. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. 
Because the things which are seen are temporal or they are temporary. Anything you can see or feel, naturally speaking, is temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So I come into church and I feel my affliction. I feel what I'm going through. I feel the troubles in my life. But it's all light because that is producing something that I might not be able to see right now. But it is something that will be of lasting and eternal value. And so where I am right now and what I'm going through right now is light. It's light. And it is in my weakness. How many of us, boy, we we pray and we fast and we study and we work so we can get strong enough for God to use us. I'm not saying we don't pray. I'm not saying we don't fast. I'm not saying we don't study. But it is not for the purpose of developing enough strength for God to be able to use me. Because the more strength I develop and rely on, the less God uses me. Because there's now a conflict between who gets the glory. When it's my strength that's doing it, I can take the credit. When I know that I'm weak but he's doing it, I can't take the credit. I've got to say, to God be the glory. To God. Wait a minute, can I get a little bit? Can I get a little credit? God said, "Uh, no, I'm not sharing any of my glory with someone else. But you know what? If it means you're going to dwell over me, if it means you're going to be a canopy over me, if my weakness and my troubles and my adversity... Oh, what would happen? What would happen tomorrow if some of you walked into work and that coworker that's been getting under your skin for weeks that you've been trying to pray off the job? If when you cross their paths tomorrow and they, oh, you feel that thorn, you just if you can't do it any place else, go back out to your car. And all you got to do is this: nobody will think you're crazy. Just sit in your car, put this here, and start going, Oh, God, I thank you today that you've allowed there to be a thorn in my life. I thank you for this co-worker, God, that just won't get off my case. Because it's through this, God, that you are now manifesting something that I don't have. It's through this, God, that you're now showing something that I don't have. But, but but get this, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting, I'm quitting, I'm quitting. Have I passed the test so far? Okay. Here's the deal. Get this, don't, don't just get this, get the other stuff, but get this too. The purpose of this is not for God to now look at you to say, hey, I told you you couldn't do it. Everybody ever you ever done something, especially when you were younger, you know, even now, you're but it always seems like parents are kind of the ones that this happens with. And you're just waiting. And sometimes you say it to them. Just go ahead and say it, please. Get it over with. And they kind of play ignorant. What? Go ahead, say it. I told you so. 
what this, what, what, what Paul experienced, Brother Barr, what he went through and the revelation he came to was not so God could rub it in his face. And you're weak without me, Paul. See, I showed you. No, that wasn't the point. The point was for God to have a way to show his strength. Okay, yeah, whatever, Brother Wright, so what? You're just semantic. No, it's not semantics. There's a big difference between God revealing my weaknesses to me to shove it in my face versus God saying, listen, I put some thorns in your life and I've given you some weaknesses, but the purpose of that is I need some way to show you how strong I am. It's not about you becoming so upset and humiliated and ashamed of how weak you are. It's about you becoming thankful because of how strong He is. You ever ever think about, I mean, I know some of you have read it. You ought to go back and reread a few of the things Paul says. Paul. Paul. Not, Not some new believer. Not somebody that just got born again. Paul. The guy who was given abundance of revelation. The guy who was used by God to impact not only the world in his day, but most of the New Testament, Paul was the vessel God used. Paul says, Paul says, Oh, Wretched man that I am. Paul. Paul didn't walk around with Holy Ghost swag. Check me out. Look what I know. Paul says, oh, wretched man. Paul says, the things that I should do, I don't do. And the things that I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. There's two ways to take that. One way to take that is if the Apostle Paul did what he shouldn't have done and didn't do what he should do and he was on the level he was at, there is absolutely no hope in this world for me. Because Paul's like way up there in my mind and I'm way down there. You may think you're equal with Paul, but I I don't. Where everybody's at, I know all that, I know all that. But here's the other way you take it. If the Apostle Paul, with everything God had done and said through him and everything God had accomplished through his life, if the Apostle Paul still said, the things that I do, should do, I'm not doing, and the things that I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. If he was saying that, I don't know about you, but here's my response. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, because I... I'm so far from that, and I'm doing what I shouldn't, and I'm not doing what I should. But if he's still, that means there's hope for me. And that means I might get cast down, but I'm going to get back up again and just acknowledge I am weak. But in my weaknesses, you are strong. In, in, in. In 
my weaknesses. And I, I, I used to pray every now and then. It crosses my mind to pray it, and I realize there's no point, so I don't pray it. But every now and then I still, I used to pray. I'm like, God, you, you really need to change my personality. You need to change. I, I mean, God, what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm called to do, I got the wrong prayer. I, I need to be Mr. Charismatic, Mr. Personality, Mr. Outgoing, Mr. Talkative. I mean, that's what I need to be. And I, I literally, I prayed at times, God, you got to change me. I wake up. The same old me. And I'd tell God about the situations that it really made sense for Him to change me for. And I'd find myself in those situations. It's the same me. And I finally realized He created me a specific way for a specific purpose. And said, I'm going to give you these weaknesses for this purpose. I'm going to give you these weaknesses and call you to do this. Really? Are you kidding me, God? No. Because in, in your weakness is where I am going to be made strong. You know what, we're going to keep almost every service more than likely the Lord willing. Maybe not every single one, but most services we're going to pray for needs. And we're going to pray that God's going to heal those that are sick. And we're going to pray that God's going to provide financial miracles to those that need it. And we're going to pray that God takes all the turmoil and problems out of families that need it. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep praying. But what we're also going to do is realize... When he doesn't do what we're praying, we got an answer. And the answer is, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. You know what? Can I say something? To, so I don't know who you are. You'll have to, you and Jesus decide this. There's at least one person here tonight that you are praying for God to do something that He is already doing. You just haven't realized it yet because you got yourself so focused on what the answer is. And yet what you don't realize is grace, 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 you keep walking, you just keep moving forward, not understanding, he's answering, he's putting strength in, he's manifesting his strength in, 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 in. I got to be honest with you. My nat, the natural side of me wants to be able to tell you tonight. I want to be able to tell you tonight God's going to fix it all. Sister Trader, I would, I would love to be able to tell you God's going to fix it all. I, w- I would absolutely love that because I think you would love that. 
I don't mean, I don't mean just tell you that to, t- I mean tell you that because it was a thus saith the Lord. I, man, I wish that us, my job would be a lot more enjoyable if I could do that and absolutely get, it's all gonna go, everything's gonna be, it's all gonna go away. God's gonna fix it all. God's gonna take away all the problems. God's gonna, it's gonna remove all of it. That, you would, you would love me so much more than you already do. But I know I'd be lying to you. Because I know that He's not going to take everything away. He's not going to take every pain out of your body. He's not going to take every disease away. He's not going to take every weakness out. He's not going to fix everything. Fix everything the way we see. Did did, did you see? I I really, I'm trying to quit. Hopefully y'all haven't already quit. Did you hear what the Amplified said? Amplified said it this way. I think it was the Amplified. No, I'm sorry, the Message Bible. Once I heard that, once I heard him say, my grace is sufficient, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. I quit focusing on what I thought was my obstacle and now began to appreciate it as the gift. The bottom line is this. What some of us consider tonight to be a curse or a problem or an issue is the very thing that has us where we are in this place tonight. That if you didn't have that thorn if you didn't have to deal with that thorn you wouldn't be here tonight you'd be someplace else operating in your strength but God says my grace is sufficient and my strength is made perfect in in your weakness. Would you stand, please? I believe the Holy Ghost is speaking to some people in this place tonight. I believe God's trying to give somebody a revelation tonight. But you've got to decide. The bottom line is Paul could have heard God's answer and still kept begging. Hello? Paul could have heard what God said. My grace is sufficient. And he could have gone, yeah, but God, please take this away. Anybody here last night? Bishop said it. Sometimes God gives you what you ask for even if it's not good for you. I wonder, would you do me a favor if you would, bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment. I wonder if there's anybody tonight that feels the Holy Ghost speaking to you and you would like to say to the Lord tonight, okay, God, I'm not going to keep beseeching you. I'm not going to keep begging you to change this, but I'm going to change my response and I'm going to start glorying 
in my infirmity. I'm going to start rejoicing in the problems and the pain and the adversity because it is through those things, it is through that weakness that your strength is being manifested. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you feel like God's talking to you right now, I want to ask you to respond. I want to invite you. Some of you, I don't mean this to sound unkind, but some of you that are quick to come to the altar for bird bearing for God to change it need to be quick to come to the altar to say, God, I am going to embrace. I'm going to embrace the very thing I have been begging you so much to take out. I know that's a paradox. I I know that seems to be a contradiction, but you have decided to manifest yourself the most in my weakness. Some of you, the enemy is using your weaknesses as a source of condemnation. Some of you, the enemy is using your weaknesses to condemn you and tell you what's wrong with you. But God's wanting you to let those weaknesses become the very place where He manifests His strength. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I don't think all of you need to respond right now for yourself. So if you don't need to, I know some are already doing it, but if you don't need to respond for yourself, would you let the Lord use you right now, perhaps to minister to somebody else? I know it sounds crazy to the natural mind. I know it sounds crazy to the carnal mind to thank Him for the thorn, to thank Him for the source of your discomfort, to thank Him for what it is that's causing such misery. I know that sounds crazy to the natural mind. But oh, if you would allow your spiritual man to embrace it and realize that it is through those things that He is wanting to manifest His strength in a way that He can't manifest it when you are strong. The issue is not for you to get over your weakness. The issue is not for you to work out the weakness. The issue is for you to allow Him to be strong in your weakness. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your grace. I'm never going to outgrow. I'm never going to outgrow my need for your mercy. I'm never going to mature beyond my need for your grace. I'm always going to need it. I'm always going to need your mercy. 
I'm always going to need your grace. And that's not because I'm flawed. That's not because there's something wrong with me. That's just the way you've decided to do it. To remind me, it's not about me. It's about you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I can't make it. I can't make it without you. I need your mercy, Lord. amazing things about it is he's never going to run out of mercy he's never going to run out of grace there's always going to be enough to provide for you there's always going to be enough grace he's never going to run out of enough grace for you it's sufficient it's sufficient there's always going to be enough. There's always going to be enough. Oh, I can't make it without you, Lord. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your grace, I need your hand, leading the way, I can't make it without you, not for one day, I need your mercy, I need your grace. I need your mercy, I need your grace, I need your hand leading the way. I can't make it without you, not for one day. I need your mercy. I need your grace. Hallelujah. Those of you that are not praying, whenever you're done, need to go, want to go, you're welcome to. There are those that are still praying, so please be mindful, respectful of them. <laughs> 